The dynamic duo partnership of Michael McLeod and Nathan Bastion will return to New Jersey for at least one more season because both of them have signed new contracts. What do I think about their impact this past year? And what are my expectations moving forward? We have a lot to break down in today's episode of Locked on Devils. Buckle up, everybody. You're Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked on Devils with Trey Matthews. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here at Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play play announcer, Devils writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, and also part-time credential media member, Trey Matthews. As promised in the previous episode, we're going to talk about Nathan Bastian and Michael McLeod, their new contracts with the Devils organization, and discuss the impact that they had this past season. Now, just a full disclaimer, they did have a press conference shortly after their new contracts were made official. I did not attend the press conference, and even if I hypothetically did, I don't think I would have asked either one of them a question because the questions that I would have asked them, I already asked it during exit interviews. So I'm going to use sound bites from those sessions to give you guys some insight. So just putting that out there, it was somewhat wholesome that both of them did a joint press conference. However, it was really, really, really short. It was like less than seven minutes. I was looking at the, the replay of the press conference and I think only three people asked uh, both of them a question. So I know Amanda Stein asked a question. I know Ryan Novazinski asked a question. I think someone else did. I forget off the top of my head, but maybe it was Amanda once again, because I know she started the press conference and she also ended it. But nonetheless, it, it was a very short press conference. And it's kind of hard to ask Michael McLeod and Nathan Bastian a series of questions, because once again, their impact, while it is very useful, it sometimes doesn't show up in the score sheet. So you sometimes have to look at the advanced analytics to show why they are still on the rink and why the Devils are winning the uh, amount of games that they're winning when they're out there. So that's what we're going to focus on. In segment one, we'll talk about Michael McLeod, do a player profile on him. Then in the second segment, we'll talk about Nathan Bastian in sort of the same way. We'll talk about his contract, his player profile, and let's turn back the clock, shall we? Because remember that Seattle Kraken expansion draft, when the pick came to the Devils, the Kraken decided to select Bastion, and it didn't really work out. So they ended up waving him, and the Devils were able to bring him back. And then in the third and final segment, we're going to talk about some of the goals I have for both Bastion and McLeod moving forward. Because once again, while they're not the most exciting players to watch on the rink, they definitely had a role in which how the Devils were winning games, and that was heavily magnified when Nathan Bastion went out with an injury around the December period. So let's start off with Michael McLeod. So McLeod re-signed to a one-year, $1.4 million extension. So here are my thoughts on the matter. I talked about it in yesterday's episode. The Devils did not extend qualifying offers to Michael McLeod, Nathan Bastian, Jesper Boquist, and a few Utica Comets players. The only player that they did extend a qualifying offer to was Kevin Ball. So that made McLeod, Bastian, Boquist, and those said Utica Comets players all unrestricted free agents. And that was really the only alarming thing they did when July 1st rolled around. But 
like I said, because McLeod and Bastion fall heavily under the radar, I knew they were going to return to the Devils organization because I think uh, if they really want to thrive, if they really want to be utilized correctly, they would remain with the Devils organization because I don't think too many teams are going to pick up what they're able to do. And we'll talk about that a little later in the episode. But getting back to McLeod, this one-year extension, I think McLeod, in his eyes, this is sort of a, a tryout year for him. So he's going to try to get out there and prove what he can do. So that way he can see that pay increase just a little bit more because uh, we talked about it going into the offseason because of the seasons that McLeod and Bastion had. You knew that you were going to have to maybe dig a little deeper in your pockets. And that definitely raised some red flags because it's just like we got to resign Timo Meyer, We got to resign Jesper Bratt. We got to resign Eric Kala. So even though they're very essential on this team, McLeod and Bastion aren't exactly top priorities in this sort of aspect. Now, when looking at the season for Michael McLeod, he was able to finish off the season in 80 games played. He had four goals, 22 assists, and finished off with 26 points. Now, here's some other stats that kind of uh, caught my eye. He was able to lead the team in hits. He was first in faceoff win percentage, and he was fourth among forwards in blocks. So I think throughout the course of the season, fans started to see uh, Michael McLeod and his impact be heavily displayed, which is why I think McLeod's role started to increase. And it, we started to see like his true potential, especially during the playoffs, because some of his teammates touched on the fact that when McLeod gets it going, when he's able to score, the whole team is able to get it going. So once again, McLeod, while not going to impress you in the points category, that's not his job. His job is to win the faceoffs, get the hits, be physical, check his opponent, and just try to be that aggressive body down there for the Devils because that's what gave the Devils pop throughout their lineup. Because, yes, we can focus on their stacked top six unit, but let's not forget that BMW line because, once again, faceoffs, hits, and able to be that spark plug now and again. Now, I had the chance to ask McLeod a few weeks back, like, how did it feel seeing his role increase, knowing that he had a good impact in terms of winning for the Devils roster? Here's what he told me. The name of the game this year was the amount of depth that this team had, and you definitely played a huge factor in it, uh, contributing in the face-offs and also doing some of the dirty work. Um, I just want to get your perspective as to how this season went in your eyes and how uh, you you saw your role just basically continue to rise as the season progressed. Yeah, I think it was, uh, it was a pretty good, pretty good year. I think uh, continue to get better. That's kind of what you want to keep doing, and uh, you know, I wanted to play my best hockey going in the playoffs, and I thought I thought I played pretty hard, and uh, you know, just want to continue to get better. So it's a little tough to determine someone like Michael McLeod's future, especially since it's a one-year deal. I'm not sure if he's going to improve. I'm not sure if he's going to take a couple steps back. But I think Fitzgerald knew that he needed to bring McLeod back because one thing that we're definitely going to discuss a little later in the episode is that depth is so essential if you want to come out victorious because you can't just have a stacked top six unit. You need to have a strong lineup throughout your roster. And I think that's what made the Devils so successful, especially during their 13-game win streak because the, a lot of the focus was on Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, Jesper Brad, Thomas Shatar, those players that were capable of scoring on you. But that fourth line, that BMW line with Michael McLeod and Nathan Bastian was so essential for how the Devils were able to win so many games in a row because 
teams had no answer for it because they didn't know how to prepare for it. They were such a wild card that it threw teams for a loop. So I think for McLeod, especially what he does in the faceoffs, what he does in terms of hits, what he does in terms of aggression, I think that is something that a lot of Devils fans have grown to appreciate from him, including myself, because at the beginning of the year, I didn't have that many uh, expectations for McLeod. But towards the end of the year, especially towards the end of the playoffs, I started to see we need him on this team. And that's one of the reasons why the Devils were able to be so successful come the end of the year. Now, we're going to talk about his super buddy, Nathan Bastion, momentarily. But before we continue, I want to tell you guys about FanDuel because I know you might want to see McLeod and Bastion and their friendship up close and personal when that time comes. But let me tell you about FanDuel once more. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right, just 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets win or lose. That's 200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over and under to who you think is going to hit the first home run of the game, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel official partner of Major League Baseball. Take me out to the ball game, buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jacks, and open up that app and get on FanDuel. Okay, so let's move on from one underrated player to the other, and that is Nathan Bastion. Now, Bastion is more intriguing than Michael McLeod, and we're going to talk about that in just a moment. But Nathan Bastion re-signed to a two-year extension and he's going to be paid annually $1.35 million. Now, when looking at Nathan Bastion's stats, similar to McLeod, it's nothing impressive, but his is even more absurd because he appeared in 43 games, he had six goals, nine assists, and finished off the year with 15 points. Now, here's the thing. He's seventh on the team in blocks, but ahead of him is Andre Pilat and Yegor Sharangovich, if you need some sort of reference. He was ranked number five on the team in hits, but ahead of him was his line mates in Miles Wood and also Michael McLeod. So people are just wondering, like, what is Nathan Bastion's impact? Like, what makes him so successful? Because I just read you the stats. He's not really tops on the team in any particular category. I looked at the offensive point shares. I looked at the defensive point shares. I looked at the blocks, the hits. He doesn't do face-offs all that often. So it's kind of difficult to determine, like, Bastion's impact and what he brings to the table. But I think all about the jersey.com really shined a light as to how impactful Bastion is on this roster. In one of their recent articles, they wrote, when together, in terms of Bastion and McLeod, they mostly do well, especially if you look at them through the lens of a fourth line as opposed to a scoring line. When together at five-on-five play, they have a 50.10 Corsi 4 percentage and a 53.26 expected goals percentage. You will take those numbers all day out of a fourth line. However, if you want to break down those numbers, really it is Bastion who carries McLeod to those totals, not the other way around. When apart, Bastion has a 50.85 Corsi 4 percentage and a 53.25 expected goals percentage, while McLeod has a terrible 39.38 Corsi 4 percentage and a 38.46 expected goals percentage. 
Bastion has been equally as good when away from McLeod, but when McLeod has been straight up garbage without Bastion over the last two years. Those numbers speak volume. Who is the better of the two at driving play? Again, face-offs not included. So it's just so interesting that Bastion is that glue piece for that line. It's one of the reasons why I gave him that nickname because when we look at Miles Wood when he was still with the Devils, Obviously, he was the offensive weapon on that line. He was the one who most likely was able to score a goal or he is the veteran leader because obviously Wood has past experience of being an alternate captain with the Devils. He has past experience of just being able to score at a good rate. And then for Nathan Bashin, it's just like there's nothing that really sticks out statistically, but similar to what AllAboutTheJersey.com was touching on, When you look at just the five-on-five numbers and the Corsi 4 percentage and the expected goals percentage, you just see that Bastion is able to do well without McLeod, but not the other way around. So it's sort of like McLeod needs Bastion in order to see success. So while we can argue and say that in terms of statistics, McLeod and Wood are the better players than Bastion, Bastion somehow, someway is able to tie everything together. Now, a few weeks back, I had the chance to ask Bastion about his impact on the roster and how the Devils were winning when he was out there on the rink. Here's what he had to tell me. One of the key uh, pieces this season was uh, depth, and you played a vital role in that because when we saw you uh, uh, injured, the team was struggling at times. But um, I, I, would, I would like to get your perspective as to how you feel knowing that you have such a vital role on this team. Well, it's the best league in the world, and um, you know, guys, guys bring so many different elements to the table, and I think even from a media perspective, sometimes guys, uh, you guys don't get the chance to see what, what certain guys bring inside of a dressing room, and I'm not saying I'm that guy, but um, you know, if you miss a guy out of the lineup, you miss valuable, uh, whether it's penalty kill minutes or physicality, or you know, it could be all kinds of situational things that, you know, don't show up on the highlights. I think um, it takes a full team to to point the, the ship in the right direction. I know there's this inside joke on Twitter saying, is Nathan Bastion elite? And I get that it that's definitely fun to discuss. I wouldn't go that far, but there's some truth to that because if Bastion is not playing, the Devils are not the same team. And I remember when Christy Flannery, when she was still with the Hockey Writers, she actually wrote an article on the matter because – This was after the 13-game win streak. This was December, and December was one of the worst months of the season for the Devils because they were losing a lot more. I think at one point they went on a six-game losing streak, but who wasn't playing? It was Nathan Bastion. And in the article, Christy talked about, like, yeah, Andre Palat is out. And for Palat, in my eyes, his job is to provide another scoring option. He's a solid scorer, nothing spectacular, but a middle-of-the-six kind of guy that can definitely uh, showcase now and again, not too consistently. But for Mackenzie Blackwood, who stepped up, it was Akira Schmid from Utica. And now for Nathan Bashin, it's just like he's a depth piece. He's a very intriguing, compelling type of player because how do you replace him? And that was the name of the game when the Devils were losing. And Christy, I told you this before, but sometimes I hate it when you were right because – when Bastion was out with injury, the Devils were losing more often. Now, Christy did say that she was not saying that Bastion was the better player compared to Andre and Blackwood, but you can't underestimate 
what he brings to the table, what he brings to the roster. So in terms of this, this discussion, thinking that Bashan is elite, while I wouldn't use the, the word elite, I do get the inside joke, and there's some truth to it. And when looking at his tenure with the Seattle Kraken, because let's go back a little bit, like I said at the beginning of the episode. So in his official rookie year with the Devils, Bashan appeared in 41 games. He had three goals, seven assists for a grand total of 10 points. This was during the 2021-56 game COVID year. Now, the thing is, there was nothing impressive in terms of like the points, goals, and assists. We've already grown accustomed to that. But in terms of the hits, in terms of some of the other categories, I believe off the top of my head, I think Bastion finished second among rookies in the hits category. And I, I was a little worried that the Devils were going to expose them in the Seattle Kraken expansion draft because in the back of my mind, and you could go back that and find that episode from a couple years ago because I'm going to say the exact same thing that I said in that episode, which is I think teams are going to take note of that, look at his hits category, look at how he can be utilized on the bottom six and see how he can be that quote-unquote glue piece, and they're going to pick him up. If I had to do it over again, I would have exposed uh, Michael McLeod because I think that would have flown over some teams' heads and I think uh, in, in that case, maybe Will Butcher would have been picked up by Seattle Kraken. Once again, uh, just going based off of what I would have done in terms of keeping and exposing players during that expansion draft. So that's what I was hoping for. I knew P.K. Subban wasn't going to get picked up. Uh, but digressing a little bit, that, that, that was a fun episode to do. But uh, going back to it, I knew Bastion was going to get picked up by the Kraken. And lo and behold, when it's the devil's turn to have someone selected during the draft, the Kraken selected Bastion. Now, here's the thing for Bastion and his tenure with the Seattle Kraken. It was pretty forgettable because he appeared in 12 games. He had one goal, one assist for a grand total of two points. He had a plus minus, a minus one, and he spent 31 minutes in the penalty box. So the thing about Bastion is just that he wasn't utilized correctly while playing for the Kraken. And it's just this whole thing where... He needs to be in the right system. He needs to be in the right fit. He needs to be around a certain group of guys in order to be successful. And I think this was uh, brought into fruition when the Kraken waived him and the Devils claimed him because now the Devils get him back. And in 60 game appearances, Bashan had a career high 11 goals, five assists for a grand total of 16 points. And in those 60 games, he only spent 34 minutes in the penalty box. So I think Bastion was able to contain himself a little bit, spend less time in the penalty box, and people were able to see like how Bastion could be utilized because once he was brought back and he was paired alongside Miles Wood and Michael McLeod once more, we just saw a different side of Nathan Bastion. And I think that's when he started to win fans over. And we started to see like this guy can be useful going forward. And once again, he was out with an injury. And he was able to uh, uh, help the Devils win in more ways than one. So getting Bashan back for at least two more years, similar to Eric Holla's deal, I think that fits the window for the Devils because I think they're looking to make a deep playoff run, if not next year, then the very next year after that. So I think for Bashan, I, I think a lot of fans should be happy that he is back with the Devils organization. Okay, so I had the chance to ask both Bashan and McLeod, like, what are their goals come next year? So let's play Nathan Bastion soundbite first. Here's what he told me when I asked him, like, what are some of his goals come next year? What are some of the goals that you have for yourself come next year? 
Uh, it's probably sounds like a lot of similar stuff from years past. I think um, just on a personal level, obviously you want to do everything you can to become a better player. I think um, you know make sure you get healthy and, and you spend some time at home and get away and just get excited for the opportunity to do it again next year. Now here's McLeod's answer when I asked him a similar question. Seems like you elevated your game in the playoffs. What are you going to work on to make sure you you continue to uh, elevate your, your game come next season? I think just just continue to get stronger and you know work on work on details. Like I could I could get a little more detailed in in terms of uh, some things in the game, like and, and practice too. I think uh, yeah, I could be better. Everyone could be better, and just gotta you know, start off in practice and con- continue that from right from the start. Like I said in segment one, when I was breaking down McLeod's season, it's just so hard to determine like goals for them because. The thing is, it's like, it, I think it's more of just a chemistry thing because once again, for Bastion, he doesn't stick out in any particular category, but the five on five numbers don't lie. He is really useful out there. And if he's paired alongside Jack Hughes or, or, or at the time, Yegor, Sharon Govich, whatever the case might be, Bastion was still having a decent impact out there. Then for McLeod, he did stick out in a few categories. He stuck out in the hits, the face-off win percentage, and just overall being that sort of spark plug player, because as Jack Hughes said during his exit interview, I believe like once uh, McLeod gets it going for a game, then the whole team gets it going. And that just sparks so much life in the bench, the starting lineup, wherever the case might be. So I think the goal come next year for both Bash and McLeod is that they just got to continue to do what they're doing, because that's going to determine if the devils are going to be successful or not. That's going to be one of the big X factors because it doesn't matter. Like Tom Fitzgerald said, like during one of his recent media availabilities, like it's not just about having a good top six unit. You need to have good players up and down your lineup if you want to be successful. And one of those X factors is the depth for the for the Devils. And now now Miles Wood is off the roster. Who's going to slide into that role? I say it could be Curtis Lazar, could be Alexander Holtz, maybe Graham Clark, Griziuk, uh, Nolan Foote, whatever the case might be. There's going to be a new player. They're going to get a new line mate come next year. And I, that could either work in to their benefit or it could be to their detriment. I don't really know. But I think that uh, if anyone knows how to adapt to it, it's definitely going to be Bastion. And McLeod, I, I think if he just continues to do like those individual things like winning the faceoff, I think his, uh, I think he's definitely going to be still serviceable come the new year. So my thing is like, while you can sit here and say that McLeod is the better player, I think what brings it together, like whatever line he is on, it is Nathan Bastion. And I guess the inside joke on Twitter is just uh, comical in a sense, but it's still somewhat true, which is Bastion is elite somehow, some way. And he's able to just have a great impact on the roster for the devil. So once again, I am glad that McLeod is back for one more year. Hopefully the Devils are able to extend them and then for Bastion back for two more years. And I think what Tom Fitzgerald can sleep well at night is knowing that I don't think too many teams are going to jump on the chance to sign McLeod or Bastion, which is why I think he was comfortable letting them uh, go to unrestricted free agent temporarily by not giving them a, a qualifying offer and negotiate a new contract. Because I, like I said, I don't think too many teams are going to try to pursue McLeod and Bastion first chance they get because for Bastion, 
it needs to be the right team. It needs to be the right system because when he was with the Seattle Kraken, he was barely utilized. He did not have a good showing, and they decided to waive him because he uh, they felt as though he was eating up a roster spot. And I think the same could be said for Michael McLeod, but then again, he's really good in face-offs. So I think a lot of teams would love to have that kind of player on their roster, but could be wrong. But I, like I said, I think Fitzy knows that uh, teams might not look at uh, McLeod and Bastion first chance they get, but that's not to condescend either player because we as Devils fans know what each of these players bring to the roster. And once again, if the Devils want to have any sort of success similar to what they did just this past season, depth is a huge X factor. It's a huge key. And I think Bastion and McLeod are at the helm of it. So I'm glad that both of them are back on the roster. And my goal for them is just basically don't do too much, do what you're doing and everything will be just fine because they don't really need to add too much to their game because it's not their responsibility. It's not their job. Like Bastion doesn't need to score more. McLeod doesn't need to score more. It's great if they're able to, but they already, but the devils already have players who are capable of doing that. So, but the devils don't have a lot of players who are able to work the advanced analytics or able to do the minuscule things like work the corners, check people or, uh, win face-offs, get hits, whatever the case might be, especially now that Miles Wood is gone. There goes one of your best hit-getters, but then again, Colin Miller's added to the roster, so that's something else we could consider. But it goes without saying, Bastion knows how to hang in front of the net, similar to Timo Meyer, and sort of be like that goal goblin, as people have been saying on Devil's Discourse, uh, particularly on Twitter. But yeah, I'm happy that both of them are back on the roster. So let me know what you guys think in the comment section. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening on a podcast streaming service, hit me up on my personal Twitter page, at TreyMatt4. Are you happy with Michael McLeod and Nathan Bastian returning to the roster? And what are your expectations for them? I'm curious to hear your guys' thoughts. So that's all the time I have for you. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again.